there it is. Yeah, there we go. Will that record it to you? Yeah, it should record it to the cloud of my account. So I got off and uh, restarted my computer, which it looks like it's lagging again. So I tried logging in on my phone, but it had my old password and I tried it twice and it locked me out of my account. And so I had to sign in through my Malta Ward Zoom account that we use for the church. <laughs> so, so it was recording to the Malta Ward account. No, it should, since you're the co-host in, in that other one, it should record to my own personal account. Anyway, I have access to both. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully it's recording. Yeah. Did it come up and tell everybody else it's recording? Yeah, okay. I did on my end anyway. I'm yeah. not used to not seeing the message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The Lord told me not to buy another computer. So I'm like, I'm struggling with this. <laughs> thing it's it's failing is on its last leg but um <clears throat> anyway sorry for all that for <laughs> 15 minutes in i hopefully we get blessed to <laughs> talk about everything that we're doing maybe um, defragmented mm -hmm. or something <laughs> yeah i i've gotta like take it in get it worked on i don't know well we've been talking about food related things so you know talking about how to make our beans and rice better mm -hmm. Spices, spices, AC Evans, you served in Dominican where it's rice and beans every day. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> um, let's see, Mother, would you give us an opening prayer? Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to meet here this evening to uh, talk about the word of wisdom. And we're so grateful for the word of wisdom and the, the message that's there for us. And we're grateful for a deeper understanding of that and, and what the Lord would have us do. We ask you, please bless us that we'll have the Holy Ghost to help guide us and testify to us of the things that are correct and that um, and please bless us that we'll gain from the insights of all who are on here and we're so grateful for our friendships with one another and and um, we ask you to please bless us that we'll be able to learn and grow and continue in our learning. These blessings we pray for in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So just kind of like housekeeping, because I was kind of on that before I got kicked off. But um, so everything on, on Learning Zion, since there are quite a few and it's starting to grow more members of our group that are not on Facebook. And so I mean, I'm not opposed to anybody posting it on there, but um, I, with my limited time, I'm just focused on learning design, getting it up there. And um, uh, so I've got the the videos, the homework links each week and the, the podcasts. Um, with this one, with the Word of Wisdom, um, there's this very handy book, I, I just love it, um, from Cassidy and Jordan Gunderson. Um, so Jordan Gunderson was a, a guest on Sisters of Liberty talking about herbal mectin and, you know, master herbalist courses and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so this book talks about their health journey 
um, overcoming a lot of their chronic or not chronic. Um, what's the word? Yeah, she had a chronic disease. Chronic. Okay. Yeah. Um, her, her she was getting like, Crohn's. Yeah, Crohn's. Um, and then also, uh, so I recorded the audiobook for that since there isn't an audiobook available. So if you wanted to go on there, it's under week number three for, for this week with Word of Wisdom. And then also Alicia Blickfield's uh, document, uh, Wisdom in His Words. Um, it's a like 60 page. It's like, it's a, a study guide or a, a word search study on the Word of Wisdom. It, it, it's a workbook, that's better way to, to put it. Um, it's a handy workbook to, to go through and make lots of notes and, and study it for yourself kind of thing. But um, those are both handy resources, but there's there's a ton of other like cookbooks and, and things. The Gundersons recommend looking up the Daniel Fast and, and getting some of those recipes and things. But if anybody has recipes throughout the weeks that they're uh, learning and, and growing with, I encourage you to post it there. Um, and anyway, any other housekeeping things before we dive into the um, section 89? My computer the way it is, sorry. I would bring stuff up, but um, I find both of those resources very interesting and enlightening as we do uh, tackle the subject of um, the, the word of wisdom. But again, I would like to start off by looking at uh, Avraham Gileadi's most recent podcast on the Old Testament um, that is dealing with the sons of the prophets. Um, so if you go to Isaiah Institute, click on podcast, Old Testament, uh, it's number 27. And I just want to read the first paragraph of it. Uh, super interesting as it pertains to school of the prophets and specifically word of wisdom. It says, about the time of Elijah and Elisha, that's exactly what we're studying this week, right? We see the emergence of a caste of aesthetics called the sons of the prophets. Like the latter Dead Sea sectaries in New Testament times, they lived mostly apart from society in a call-out type of condition and devoted their lives to God. Some additionally were Nazarites, persons who took vows of consecration to God and abstained from certain foods and practices. They generally married, but cultivated the gift of prophecy by seeking the tutelage of a man of God, such as Elijah or Elisha, to whom they looked as a spiritual father. You know that father-son relationship that we get in Isaiah decoded? The school of the prophets organized by the prophet Joseph Smith became a latter-day extension of this phenomenon, and it has an important application in Isaiah's end-time scenario. So we, we see the pattern with Elijah and Elisha, but we also see it in Isaiah itself that he calls out a group of people and basically creates a, a sons of the prophets and teaches them how to sacrifice for the city Jerusalem and, and all the Israelites and um, teaches them how to ascend the ladder and, and save the people kind of a thing. But it required them, um, that first sentence there, we see the emergence of a caste of ascetics. And that term aesthetics, the definition of it is a practice of severe self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence. And so it's interesting, every time that a sons of the prophets or school of the prophets is set up anytime throughout scripture or, or history, that God always institutes 
a health code or a health law with it um, in order to, to teach self-discipline and um, benefit the, the whole group in a, in a unified effort there. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out as, um, we, I mean, we talked about it last week a lot in all three of our groups, uh, that whole article that um, Avraham put out, but how much the Sons of the Prophets, School of the Prophets, are patterning for us in the end time that we will, with the end time Davidic servant, be in that, again, we'll, we'll see that same pattern emerge where there's a call-out situation and the call-out's purpose is to create an environment to learn and grow in the Sons of the Prophets pattern. Um, I, I don't know, I, that just like blew my mind when I listen to that and everything's coming together all nice and neatly every single week as the Lord's kind of tutoring us. Um, but anyway, where do we start? <laughs> my brain's just kind of befuddled as I'm trying to recoup from my computer being dumb. But um, Is anybody else seeing Cameron's video and audio lagging? Oh, is it? It's probably... Sorry. Or is it just me? So far behind, is it starting to lag for everyone else? Like it, or is it just specifically mine? Oh yeah, your words aren't matching your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> just yours. Okay. Well, if it's just mine, I guess. Because <laughs> I can't get it on my phone. So yeah, it's a couple of seconds off. Okay. Don't worry about it. Just don't look at him. Just don't look, just gonna say just don't look at him. Yeah. I'll have to turn my video off. Maybe maybe that actually might save some of my CPU there. Let's see. Well, you can look at my chapel. There um, you go. <laughs> so um just kind of taking a, a look at the conspiring men chapter from this word of wisdom book. I found it very interesting. Um how how spot on all of this really is uh it's chapter three and talking about um the word of wisdom when it says that this is uh given as a warning and a forewarning of things to come that conspiring men in the the last days are going to be changing food supply etc and uh really wrecking our ability to to connect with with deity and so um, they have sections on um, just alcohol in general, uh, pharmacia, big pharma, um, smoking, and uh, kind of how that, anyway, just kind of the history on, on each of those, sugar industry, the wheat industry, and um, just what God has done to prepare us for the last days of these conspiring men. I found that just very intriguing um because you know we've talked about it in lots of different avenues and, and aspects right but if there's if there's a true plan satan's always going to have a counterfeit and boy is he working at that counterfeit really hard right i mean he's wrecking our bodies left and right and i don't know some of us are, are like i don't know take me two months ago i was still there like yeah pumping myself full of <laughs> stupid stuff going oh i don't drink and smoke so i'm good I, I live the word of wisdom but anyway this week has been very transformational going 
but do you really like take a, a minute and consider what the Lord is really asking of us and forming a uh, severe practice of self-discipline in order to prepare us for for end time things anyway kind of like thoughts and, and everything on conspiring men and what we are living with in the last days have you guys seen that in your own um ways and families and and things like that it's like all over the place the first thing i thought of it and you mentioned it in group a it's about the the more um adding fluoride and and chlor chlorine to our water supply and stuff yeah and and now we find i think it was in four ordinations that that affects our our pineal glands which is so important uh for spirituality there yeah and so yeah he got in there and worked a number and that's been going on for years now mm -hmm. luckily with where we're rural we have our own wells and so we don't you know deal with that so much but but it does leach down in our wells with all of the things they spray on agricultural stuff mm -hmm. like my mom and dad's well in utah there's so much heavy farming all around and there's traces of some of those chemicals down in their wells and then i was gonna just comment the glyphosate that that's sprayed on the wheat to dry it out faster Oh. Like that is now found in mother's breast milk. Just it's everywhere. It's just in us now. So when babies do get that first milk, they're already getting glyphosate just because of our, our diets and how they're just trying to kill us. You know, mm -hmm. it's really super evil. Yeah. It just makes me want to like, I, I started out this year really prompted to, try to grow my own food and learn how to get a green thumb kind of thing but it, it's like ever more present like <laughs> mm -hmm. you need to start knowing where your food's coming from and not just trusting some label or or whatever yeah even the label like like the natural flavoring it still doesn't tell you what that is yeah. you know it's and they legally, quote, don't have to do that. And I don't know, that Food Drug Administration, it needs to go down. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're part of part of it, you know. Yeah. Can I share? Yeah, for sure. My dad's a farmer in Tremonton, Utah. And for a couple of years, he had bees. And though he did not spray his fields where the bees were, Anyone that sprayed within five miles, it still affected the bees and the bees died year after year, which is yeah. really, really expensive for a bee farmer to have to replace his bees, his hives. Um, but what I, what I came to understand was that valley where I live, and I'm sure this is a pattern for every other valley, farming valley across the world. The water that comes to my dad's valley travels through, 20 or 30 other valleys from the Bear Lake and the Bear Lake water filters in from other places. And so the idea that my dad could have organic farming for his bees and for the other things that he wanted to grow, unless he had his own water source, there was no possible way that anything could be organic. Mm -hmm. The bees were still affected. Um, 
And so we think about this classification of organic. We think about, oh, well, at least organic is good. But unless they have their own water source, there is no such thing. Mm -hmm. Unless they can purify the land that they're growing the food on, there is no such thing. And so they've made this extra market of, well, organic food this and organic food that. And maybe it is better than the other things. I don't doubt that. But even the stickers that come on our apples or our <laughs> cucumbers, where do they come from? The plastic that my cucumbers come in at Costco or Sam's Club. Well, the plastic comes from China and the stickers come from China and the ink comes from China and the sticky stuff comes from China. So even if you're growing it, like farmer's markets true would be the best, growing it from your own soil, not using chemicals, but there's actually no such thing as, as a pure food source on this earth because the ones that are trying to poison us are so enmeshed in poisoning us. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really taking whatever is before you to the Lord and saying, I'm doing the best I can, Lord, what is it, what is it more you would like me to do? The mm -hmm. seeds in your garden, the things that you're eating. And I really, really think that he wants us to turn to him as the living water and the bread of life yeah. And that, as it talks about in foreordination, that one day we won't need food in the same way that we do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to, to quote again from uh, Avraham's podcast this last week, um, there's this story with uh, Elisha. So it says, Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, set on the great pot and seeth pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into his field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full and came and shred them into the pot of pottage for they knew them not. So they poured out for the man to eat and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. Uh, they were poisonous um, gourds that they had put in there and they could not eat thereof. But he said, then bring meal and cast into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm left in the pot. And that's from Second Kings 4. But um, uh, even in a situation where everything around us might be poisoned and, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. But how often do we sometimes undervalue, menospreciar, um, the the power of prayer over our food as well, you know, to go, hey, this is what I've got. This is what I've been able to obtain. Now, please bless it, that it may become living water, that it may be a vital source of nutrition for me, that its poison might be drawn out, that it might not affect my body kind of a thing. And then as we work to actually heal the land and uh, work and grow in, in those areas as well. But um, I find that the, the power of prayer is, has been transformational for me as I've prayed over my food and I've had a lot less irritation or, you know, different things that, that come up, you know, um, I, I think that that's a, a huge one for us uh, moving forward because I don't think that it's going to get better anytime soon. And so uh, as we come upon a famine and all of the end time scenario things, um, that value of, of prayer. And wasn't that in foreign nations that it talked about praying over our water, that it might become living water. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that was an interesting principle that I've put into practice. Cameron, one of, the Oops, go ahead. Okay. one of the things that I have, um, that I've started doing that I found helpful is when I'm blessing my food, I ask the Lord to help my body take the nutrition from the food that I need and to cast off the rest mm -hmm. so that, you know, to let it go, to cast it off, don't keep what I don't need, right? Um, because many of these substances that are in the foods, um, you know, they'll get on your cells. And, uh, you know, even when you, you know, later in life, you say you're, you're on a diet, and you're trying to lose weight, that then releases all those things you ate, however many years ago, and now you have to process them and detox and everything all over again. And, and I'm, I'm just doing this, you know, help me to get what I can out of it and cast the rest off, not hold on to it. And, um, and I, I just think that that, that's a, a good thing. Just a suggestion if anybody's interested. I love that. That's actually what I was going to say. I always pray to bless my food and cause no harm too. Yeah. Because like, I've noticed that my casting out prayers have modified over the years, you know, like, I, you know, you, you learn stiff, different specific things to pray for when you're casting out or doing other things, but just the blessing on the food. Yeah. There's the basic blessing, but then there's also more that you could add. Like, like you said there, that, <laughs> that clicked in me finally. <laughs> well, well that, you know, when, if the, then if there's something in your food, that's not good for you, then your body can help get rid of it. Right. And it doesn't affect you. Um, you know, we have quite a bit of food storage here and we have been felt prompted to get what we have. And we have a lot of things probably that, you know, if you read some of these books, they'll, they probably have whatever in them, but, you know, and, and some of them, who knows how old they will be when we will need to feed people with them. Yeah. But if we ask the Lord to bless the food so that it will be for our good and to, um, eliminate anything that is not that that has that ability if we are if we are properly living to transform something that is potentially harmful to something that is um helpful mm -hmm. not only to us but to everybody else yeah and as so we look at uh -huh, sorry i don't i don't have that fear that oh my gosh i'm going to kill people with my food storage mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it has scriptural precedents, right? We have many different scriptures, namely uh, Christ turning water into wine, like mm -hmm. that we have the power to call upon heaven and actually change things or uh, help our bodies to, to process things in, in different ways. I love that. But the key is it changes something that's there. It doesn't mm -hmm. create it whole cloth out of nothing. Yeah. Right. So we have to have gathered things. We have to have prepared something for the Lord to multiply or the Lord to change or the Lord to um, modify so that it's for our good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm just reading the comment there from Tracy with the, the yum sauce. I'm gonna have to like try that out to get a good recipe for it. Yeah, it's, I do. 
it's hard to find, so they will ship it to you. But um, I do have a recipe for it because it's it's really good. It's 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 a weird flavor, and like Katie, when she'd eat it when she was little, she called it oh, let's go have some cafe yuck because it was called cafe yum. Uh-huh. I just thought it was horrible, and then it grows on you. It's like one of those. Like it's something like you've never tasted before. And so it's like weird the first time. I've stopped taking the missionaries there. They <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> but then when they come back, they're like, can we go to that one restaurant again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you realize you actually like it? Yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. Yeah, and then Stacy put in there, um, do you suppose we sometimes fall into the peer pressure preparing instead of prayerfully knowing what God needs us to prepare? Like, oh man, that describes me a lot. <laughs> and I think that that is one of the biggest benefits of the, the whole self-preparedness type program within the church, right? Is there is a way to do it, but when they just tell you what to do and, and peer pressure kind of thing, but not saying that that came out wrong, but I mean, there can, you can fall into a peer pressure type of thing, but then actually connecting with God and asking him, what do I need? And it'll usually be something that's inconvenient or something that you're like, why? Like, why am I getting 10,000 candles when I, I don't have enough food? Like, and a lot of times the Lord will just be like, don't worry about it whoever I've put you in with and grouped you in with it, the call out or whatever, will have the other stuff. You just need to worry about this. Like, let me lead you. Let me guide you. Don't fall into the peer pressure stuff because, you know, lots of people ask for, I, I did this myself, just asked when I first got started, okay, give me a list and I'll buy it. You know, I'll budget it out and I'll, I'll get it done. And then it can kind of fall into a peer pressure type of thing. Like, oh, I need so much wheat, so much this, so much this but then kind of living a different law of going to the Lord and asking, what do I need? Like, help me figure it out. I think there's a lot to be said for that. I, I am um, emergency preparedness specialist in our ward. And I, I get a lot of people who ask me for that list, right? And I say, well, there's actually a better way. And let me teach you, let me teach you how to store what you eat and eat what you store. And let me help you come up with the, the menus and the things and, and determine what it is you really need. And some people are interested in that, but that requires work. It requires effort. It requires thought. It, it requires them to actually um, make some plans, right? And, and perhaps alter their habits right now, right? And, and they don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to I people will I will give them stuff oh man I I will give them pages to fill out to help them to figure out what they need and and everything and I'm like I cannot do this for you I cannot give this to you I can give you the means by which you can plan yourself and then what you get is going to look different than what I have it's going to look different than what your neighbor has and and this is what you need to do and I get so much pushback on that because people want they want that list. Give me a list. I will go out and I will buy it. And it will sit in my garage for 20 years. And then when I go to pull it out, it won't look any good. And then I will say, well, see, look, I've wasted all my money on this food storage. I don't need, to, I'm not going to do that again. And they throw up their hands and they say, nope, we've done that once before. And we had to throw it all away. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 
I've had people in my current ward tell me those things yeah, and do those things. It sounds a and, lot like the, the 10 virgins, right? I mean, what, how I'm preparing isn't, I can't do this for you. You have to do it on your own because it's so individualized. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, especially if it, you know, you might not want to eat what I have stored. You might not like the seasonings I have. You might not um, be able to eat gluten or maybe you think you can't eat gluten. Maybe it's just the glyphosate that's on the wheat. And if you had some wheat that wasn't soaked in glyphosate, maybe you'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you that's know, it's just all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Stacy puts in the chat, uh, my 14 year old daughter had a dream. We were getting ready to move quickly, but not in a panic. She said we took time to take my lovely rocks and not food. How on earth would we ever need rocks more than food? <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, that one's a highly symbolic dream for you. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what the rocks are. Yeah, maybe there's your Urim and Thummims to go find the food. <laughs> um, speaking of, I mean, that's like the most random tangent, but um, have you read The Lost 116 Pages by Don Bradley? When, and he describes different accounts of the actual Liahona. Like it looks a lot different than we normally consider in uh, things. But anyway, the the two spindles, one points at what your what your destination is, and one points in the direction that it needs to go. Um, and so there was like pictures of water and deer and and all that kind of stuff on there. And anyway, I don't know why, but <laughs> it's kind of like that. Those are those rocks <laughs> pointing yeah. the, the way. Um, let's see. All right. So conspiring men, do's and don'ts. Um, kind of taking a look at the destroying angel because, uh, you know, the whole section 89 is very chiastic. It, it ends where it starts and everything, but, um, talking about the promises, health in the navel, marrow on the bones, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Those should all resonate with us a lot. And that, uh, I should pull it up, but my computer's lagging. Um, I'm trying to like remember it word for word, but anyway, the destroying angel will pass over just as the Israelites of, of old. And I think that's so interesting how I have always just kind of glossed over that going, oh, that's cool, you know, but now that we've studied prophecies, that we know the end time scenario, the context of everything, how everything plays out in the end, just as it has throughout the time of the earth. It's like, oh, so there's an actual destroying angel coming. And what do we have to, to paint on our doorposts? The word of wisdom, uh, this health code that is uh, helping us to uh, plan and prepare for the conspiring men of the last days and to grant us so many different blessings like i think it's just so intriguing that the word of wisdom is just it's just right there yet i've always not understood it <laughs> like it, it takes eyes to see and when i finally got a, a big chunk of it this week i was like oh how have i been living under a rock this whole time why didn't i get this and now it's like the Lord telling me, now it's time. I'm, I'm showing you some parts that, that you need to fix and, and 
and here's some blessings that are associated and it's just like it's blown my mind this last week i don't know if that was your guys's experience but it definitely threw me for lots of loops Cameron. yeah um not all <laughs> on fire scary like i was last Um, I think some of it, so much of it has to do not with the checklisting of the, how we can kind of tend to do as church members, you know, yeah. check, check, check of the word of wisdom. Okay, I've done this. I'm, I haven't eaten meat today. I have, you know, all of that. I think it's a lot of it has to do with the, our hearts, the intent of our heart. Um, are we are we wishing that we could eat meat and that we're a tiny bit resentful or frustrated that we aren't? Or is the Um, are our hearts right and in sync and in unity with our creatures, our, our, I don't have words for any of the things that I'm feeling, but it's, um, it has so much to do with our attitude and our willingness to, um, eat the manna and not desire the quail mm -hmm. yeah i like that principle and, and we talked about that in group a a little bit of you know like how do we prepare for times of winter if everything's in the season thereof and and all of that and um that that sometimes like the the children of israel it, it might be kind of basic and a little bit blah but the the complaining of oh we had it better back then Kind of attitude of let's go back to egypt let's go back to babylon because it's it's a lot tastier there and is our heart in the right place as we are living the word of wisdom i, I really love that principle um you know kind of going back to that aesthetic um definition a practice of severe self-discipline uh absentation from all forms of indulgence you know indulgence is really kind of like the heart of all vices and um, addictions and, and things like that, right? And as we leave the, the Zion Jerusalem level of the ladder, that we're putting all of that indulgence behind us and trying to live a little bit higher law. But if it's if it's still in our hearts to lust after it or like, oh, I really wish we had that, then where where is our hearts? Can I share one more thing? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'll have to read it. I had shared before about being an instrument in the Lord's hands. You know, we, we've been talking about doing his work and being the kind of saints and at the level where he needs us to be in order to, to do that work for him. And we need to be able to take these steps. There isn't any coincidence that it's 
um, that the word of wisdom comes when it does in the school of the prophets and, and that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and that we need to, we're showing the Lord how much we want or don't care so much about being an instrument in his hands by what we do with the word of wisdom. And there is, um, um, a couple of quotes that I wanted to, um, share. One is from Elder Bednar and one is from, um, in the talk, President Nelson, the talk, hear him. And the, the quote, the, the, verse that's quoted is first Nephi 14 14 and I don't actually have that with me but it talks about being armed with the power of God and that's what we need in order to be an instrument in his hands and let me go and read this okay so elder Bednar his talk is called with the power of God in great glory this was um, almost a year ago in October um, he, quote, he also beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, and they were armed with righteousness, and with the power of God in great glory, and that was um, 1414. <coughs> Can't you just feel it? It's so powerful. And then the other one is President Nelson, and he said, we live in the day that our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectation. We have front row seats to witness live what the prophet Nephi saw only in vision. Um, uh, that the power of the Lamb of God would descend upon the covenant people of the Lord who were scattered upon all the face of the earth and they were armed so that that's the same scripture and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. So we, here we have multiple prophets quoting this scripture. Um, Elder Bednar's whole talk was first Nephi 1414. And um, if we aren't going to do it, who, who is, and, um, and, he, and he's right, the time is now, and it's, it's far more, as he well knows, and then front row seats, we need to be wielding his sword, and, um, and going forth and doing, and, and now is the time to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just looking forward to our end time missions and, and things, right? Like, if if we don't do it, who will? Because, I mean, the time's now at hand. Uh, we look, we've look, we looked at the prophecies. We're looking at the signs of the times. It, it's here, and the world is ever more wicked. And, oh, man, we had uh, Lisa Valentine in Group A give, like, a, a real poignant uh, thing of, of the wickedness. Um, that's happening and it's kind of sobering but like president nelson inviting us and encouraging us like do you want to be part of like the greatest work that's, that's ever going to be done here on this earth 
And uh, like you said there from Bednar, uh, it's much more than, than front row seats. We're, we're going to be out there doing that if, if you want to. It's all agency-based, right? And so um, what does arm us with, with our power uh, and, and glory? How do we get sealed in, in our foreheads for um, that type of thing? Whichever side of the veil that we're on, uh, fighting in, in these um, battles of the, the last days throughout these tribulations and, and all of that kind of fun to think about that hey in the uh, pre-mortal realms that we covenanted and and uh, signed up for uh, a lot of these fun <laughs> things here in the, the last days um let's see sorry i haven't kept up with chat very well um so stacy said um so eating and foods is almost an Olympic sport. We think about the feasts and holidays or eating out or even that ice cream will have as a reward uh, so very much during the days of our mortal journey. <laughs> and how much of that have we incorporated into like just our normal thing, like ice cream socials after general conference every single time? <laughs> um, and then the Tracy put the uh, yum sauce recipe there for us. And then uh, Stacy said, the Lord is asking us to let it all go to seek that for a better or higher law, to ascend with him and like him and let go of the mortal stuff, seeking the eternal stuff. We really can have more light food filling us than we now can understand. It means line upon line, seeking, praying, and letting go of the world. Yeah, I think there's so much power in that. And I had never applied it to the word of wisdom before. So that was a, a new thing for me, um, really working on, on that. I thought I was living the word of wisdom. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I have two mantras that I try to follow. Um, the first one is let it go. <laughs> and the second is let God prevail. Yeah. And if you think about it in all of those things, um, let it go, let go of all the negativity, let go of all of the bad stuff, let go, you know, just let it all go. Let go of Babylon and let God prevail. Yeah. And wherever that takes you, it's going to be a, a ride, isn't it? Hang on, cowgirls yep. and cowboy. Yep. So <laughs> you can let go of all the worry, the anxiety, the stress, the everything that everybody around you is feeling. Mm -hmm. Let it all go. And, and have the peace that comes from Christ. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of, of peace, I, I shared this in the first group as well, but um, I've been really looking into uh, medicinal herbs and, and stuff like that and was led to this one book. It's called the, the Medicine, let's see, what is it called? The Medicine Wheel Garden. It's kind of how Native Americans set up their, their medicinal things. And at the center, because their, their medicinal gardens were in the shape of a circle and divided um, north and south, east and west into four quadrants. And at the center, there was a peace pole, uh, like you said there, letting God prevail and, and going to him. And so uh, many of these shamans or medicine men would go to the center, to the peace pole. Uh, sometimes there was an altar there, sometimes there wasn't. But then going to God and saying, hey, I'm here in your garden, in your medicine cabinet, what do I need for this element or for this person? And, and letting 
God direct in, in all things, even though they might have it talks about in there, even though they might have thought they knew better, like they were just treating a, a standard thing that they'd always treated before and it always was successful, but always seeking God's approval each time that they entered the, the medicine realm uh, there that was set apart and sacred and stuff. But I really like that. Let it go. Let God prevail. And because um, because there is true peace that we can have on this earth. I think I finally understood peace a little bit better reading Lance Richardson and the Hopi prophecies and all of that kind of stuff and um, how much peace there is coming to balance out all of the wickedness at, at the end times and that, that God will prevail. We know the outcome of the story. I, there, there's peace just in that <laughs> because if I didn't have the gospel or uh, looking at the signs of the times and et cetera, like I, I would probably be a little fearful of everything that's happening in our world and the chaos that's ensuing, but there's, there's total peace in Christ. God will prevail. We know the outcome. It's just about living up to it now. I love that. Did you have a specific book for the medicine wheel garden? Um, this one is called the medicine wheel garden. Let me find the author. Just a second. Um, it's E. Barry Cavage. Let me type that in. <laughs> okay, I found that one on Amazon, but I also found one that's just called Medicine Wheel. Oh, uh-huh. How to create a medicine wheel in your backyard using 18 medicinal herbs and secret recipes. It actually has the recipes for various things in it. Ooh, hmm. I love it. That sounds kind of yeah, fun. I haven't finished this book yet, um, but I found <laughs> this digital copy on the, what is that one that L gave me the Z library or something like that. Anyway, that website that um, Elle clued me into is like the best website ever. Anyway, I got the, the free ebook on, on it. The, this one says medicine wheel will give you a step-by-step -step plan for building a medicine wheel in your own backyard. You will learn how to build your medicine wheel, the best 18 plants to plant in your medicine wheel, when to harvest your plants, secret recipes for tonics and tinctures, uh, remedies for pain relief and energy how to make cough drops, grow and make your own teas, plant to use for reducing fevers, look and feel younger and more energized. So who's the author of that one? Veronica McCarthy. Okay. It's $14.99 paperback on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's going in my cart. <laughs> so yeah. Yep, it's in my cart. I have so much in my cart right now. It is um crazy. I have 16, so <laughs> you have 16 things in your cart? Yes. I'm I only have 12. <laughs> I only have 12. Amazon's gonna need a semi to pull up from. Yeah, Amazon's gonna need a semi for me. Now I, I've been adding things the last two weeks, so I've been on vacation and um <laughs> I, I'm waiting to get paid for the art show I just did, and then I can then I can pull the trigger on my Amazon cart. <laughs> I love it. This is just like a funny story from this last winter, but our UPS truck broke down. And so they rented a little Amazon go runner thing or whatever. And so when they came to my house, um, it was so funny. I was like, oh, you guys finally caught on that. You just send it direct, you know, don't even bother with sending it to UPS. Just go straight to Amazon. Because I, I need the whole semi. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> I love that. 
remember when I was like so anti-Amazon and then I snapped and crashed? <laughs> there was I'm many- anti-Amazon. They're super, the guy who runs it's super evil, yeah. but I, I, I need the stuff. The more part of a year I, I boycotted Amazon and stuff. And then the Lord's like, okay, I need you to get this and I need you to get this. And Amazon was seriously one of the only places you could find some of those. I things. know that's what I do. I, I try not to go to Walmart or Amazon, but mm-hmm. I do go to both. <laughs> I do my Walmart pickup order. Yep. And I do my Amazon. <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in. We can't even boycott properly. <laughs> uh, no, no, you really can't. It's where we are. It's where we are. Yep. Everything's tainted and everything. So, yeah, it's all about connecting with the Lord and saying, okay, now realistically, what do I need? What can I do? Because we're in such a pickle these days. Well, you know, and you were talking about, you know, being inspired to get a whole bunch of candles or whatever, you know, over the last couple of the of years, the Lord has told us go out and get this or go and get that. We're like, but we don't use that. Yeah, we don't need that. You know, Scott's still trying to figure out why he bought 10 watches. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we it was watches or diapers or, you know. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I got a bullhorn and lanyards, and I'm like, really? What? What's that for? <laughs> but well, just... I bought baby stuff. I have for girls and boys up to age three. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. I'm a grandma. I'm not, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You well, never know. You never know what's what you're going to need and how you're going to need it and who the Lord's going to send your way that you will go. Oh yeah, I have that. I can, I can help you with this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I've told you all kind of different things I've done through the years, but like um, I I've really kind of got a regular garment order since they're so limited on their garments, you know, but lately it's been okay. Now, now get this size and this size. And I know I'm buying different sizes too. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. It is interesting. Um, so anything else on like word of wisdom before we kind of talk homework wise and for the next week or two? I think we should all, this is just to see, um, to see how our weight and health changes, you know, here on in, like <clears throat> take our before and after pictures. <laughs> Verse 19. Verse 19 of 89. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And she'll find wisdom and great treasures of knowledge, even hidden treasures. Right. And then 20, and I, the Lord, give unto them a promise that the destroying angel shall pass by them as the children of Israel and not slay them. Oh, sorry, 20. Sorry, that was 21. And she'll run and not be weary and she'll walk and not faint. Yeah, I love that. Like, I don't know about you, but um, like the past couple of years have been like a flood of like knowledge and great wisdom, right? And so with the word of wisdom here and taking it in its more proper, fuller context and stuff, I'm like, are, are you are, are you going to be in a bigger fire hose? Because I don't know if I can handle that. 
<laughs> but like all of this knowledge and hidden wisdom and, and stuff like bring it on i'm ready Let, let's do this leslie has her hand up oh yes sorry <laughs> so um do you do you feel like reading again cameron that orson pratt part <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it. I'll give him a break. It's on the page four. four. We don't have. We don't have. Yeah. Okay. So in. So everybody's with us. Um. Oh my camera. <clears throat> um. Anyway, wisdom in his words by Alicia Blickfield. Um. Page forty-four. There's an Orson Pratt quote that. Uh, we read in group A, and so Tracy's going to read that again. Okay. Okay. Orson Pratt said. Orson Pratt said. Uh oh, I'm lagging now. Uh -oh, I'm lagging now. You're now you're echoing. Now you're echoing. Let me try turning off my screen and see if that'll help. That'll help. Orson Pratt. Oh, it's gonna echo me again. Nobody else needs to read it. Sorry, guys. Let me see if it am I echoing? No. Okay, I'll I'll do it. Am I echoing? I'm not echoing now. <laughs> I'll do it again. Okay. Orson Pratt said he will purify not only the minds of the priesthood in that temple, New Jerusalem, but he will purify their bodies until they shall be quickened and renewed and strengthened, and they will be partially changed, not to immortality, but changed in part that they can be filled with the power of God, and they can stand in the presence of Jesus and behold his face in the midst of that temple. This will prepare them for further ministrations among the nations of the earth. It will prepare them to go forth in the days of tribulation and vengeance upon the nations of the wicked, when God will smite them with pestilence, plague, and earthquake, such as former generations never knew. Then the servants of God will need to be armed with the power of God. They will need to have that sealing blessing pronounced upon their foreheads that they can stand forth in the midst of these desolations and plagues and not be overcome by them. When John the Revelator describes this scene, he says he saw four angels sent forth ready to hold the four winds that should blow from the four quarters of the heaven. Another angel ascended from the east and cried to the four angels and said, Smite not the earth now, but wait a little while. How long? Until the servants of our God are sealed in their foreheads. What for? To prepare them to stand forth in the midst of these desolations and plagues and not be overcome. When they are prepared, when they have received a renewal of their bodies in the Lord's temple and have been filled with the Holy Ghost and purified as gold and silver in a furnace of fire, then they will be prepared to stand before the nations of the earth and preach glad tidings of salvation in the midst of judgments that are to come like a whirlwind upon the wicked. Journal of Discourses 15, 365 through 66. What page was that on? 44. 44. I had to do that too. What page was that? Discourse is what? I'm looking at uh, 15, 365 to 66. He's going to get the journal of discourses. Oh, okay. Off this shelf. 
such a good quote there. Lots of stuff to ponder. Oh, that was a, an amazing quote. I haven't and read then, this yet. And then on the following page, it talks about, um, I think you mentioned this, Cameron. Um, Many, if not most of the membership of the church will not understand or recognize what we are being promised here. <clears throat> um, this is a promise, not a possibility or a perhaps, but an actual promise that is ours by obedience to this doctrine. The word of wisdom is the lamb's blood on our door frames. This is the key point that will save us from the destroying angel along with keeping our covenants and our commandments. There's two forms of motivation that we, the destroying angel will um, pass us over, but also, and, and it will to be able to go and go with the Lord and serve him to, in this way is just, that's where it's at. Not the meat, not the, not the junk. So there's no words. I know. No, now it's just about growing into it, learning how all of this now. This this is really the new normal, right? Right. <laughs> figuring that out. We've lived on on the what is the high on the hog for too long. <laughs> Yeah. No more bacon for us. Now we're putting rubber to the road. We're, let's get going. Yep. Send recipes to Tracy Durfee. Yep. <laughs> we need like a cooking show now. A little bad. Here's how you make this tasty because it's so gross. <laughs> so for dinner yesterday, I made burrito bowls. Uh -huh. um with cilantro lime rice as the base and then black beans and pinto beans and you can just take like canned black beans and pinto beans but you season them with cumin and allspice and chili powder and then you know i had a little bit of um chicken grilled with uh, fajita seasoning but i mean you can skip that if you want right but then you add pico and you add a corn salsa and you have um, lettuce and sour cream and um, cheese. And man, they are just amazing. It's just amazingly good. Yeah. That's... So, you know, I even-, I, even I think though... I could still put that in before bed. Somebody <laughs> <Just laughs> to cook for me now too. <laughs> oh, now, I, I do add this stuff. It's, um, it, I, I make this because I really love hothead burritos, which is from Dayton. And when I was there, I bought a case of their hothead burrito sweet habanero sauce. And um, so I now have 12 bottles of it. If I go through one bottle a month, that's a year's supply. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and I can make these. <clears throat> but the if you look at the ingredients, you know, even if I put my the chicken in it, right? the the amount of chicken for all of the rest of it is for the most part beans rice and veggies and um you know only a little bit of only a little bit of the chicken and uh you know i to me that's sparingly mm -hmm. <laughs> oh this 
which sauce? The one I have? Hot head, whatever, whatever. Hot head burritos, sweet habanero sauce. And as far as I know, I can only get it by going into their store in the Midwest. So mm -hmm. I, I went and I bought a dozen bottles. I brought home an entire case of this stuff. I love that. So, um, <laughs> but it, it just shows there's your beans and your rice and your vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. What is it that makes it super palatable? It's all the seasonings and all of the, you know, because yeah. even your beans can be very plain, but the the recipe that I use for the beans, it has, it has minced garlic, and the cumin and the chili sauce and the allspice. I wouldn't have thought of allspice, but man, does that make a difference, mm -hmm. right? And, and salt and pepper, and you just heat it up. You don't even drain the beans from the cans. Mm -hmm. and, and I found that recipe for black beans. And I said, well, I wonder how it would be on pinto beans. And so I put the exact same thing in my pot of pinto beans and it's just as good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. One thing that, I mean, like I've been doing for a while now is just sprouted beans and, and seeds and stuff. Oh man, I hated them at first, but it really grew on me after a while. Yeah. Sprouted mung beans are like my, oh man, I crave those now. <laughs> so maybe I'll start craving all these other things, but spices <laughs> never underestimate or undervalue the, um, the amount that the spices can add variety and, and things to well, you can take that same rice and bean and, you know, lentil or whatever. Um, I actually have a recipe for that on my website. Um, mm -hmm. um, Long-term long -term food storage. But you can take that um, and you can change what you think you're eating just by changing the spices. So put mm -hmm. in Mexican spices and some enchilada sauce and now you feel like oh i'm having a mexican something or other um or you can add in some um soy sauce and some asian kind of things and now it's a more of an asian dish like a stir fry right you can add in the your italian seasonings and put it with some pasta and wow now i've got a you know <laughs> i have i have yeah. an italian Meal. And all you've changed really is the spices and, and the things you add to your beans and rice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. And I, I can't stress hard enough, um, not only to grow your own garden, but to have dehydrated food. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things we've been seeing this year, um, and I had... You know, I've been gone for two weeks. I go show up to church today and I've had like three people come up to me and talk to me about their gardens and about how um, all these plants that they've planted, they died. Everybody's tomatoes aren't coming up or they came up and they died. And that happened with me as well. All the ones I planted didn't come up, but I was gone for two weeks and all my son did was water our garden. And I have hundreds of volunteer tomato plants everywhere else in the garden except where I was trying to plant tomatoes huh. and so I'm just going to let them grow I'm like okay well the Lord made these plants grow here yeah. for a reason I'm gonna just see what kind of tomatoes I get and we'll see what kind of harvest we get 
they're not next to the trellises. <laughs> they're not they're not anywhere where I wanted them to be. But we'll see what we get. Yeah. I have two two things growing in my well, actually three. So blackberries are like a weed here, like bad. They're a pestilence. But they're yummy and they'll feed you, but they'll also kill you. <laughs> but I have a ton of little blackberries trying to come up everywhere. I have those psyllium husks that, I don't know, I had the name of it earlier, but it's just too scientific for me. So anyway, that's one for your digestion when you're old. When you get old like me, you'll understand what I'm talking about. That's what they make Metamucil out of. <laughs> the psyllium has fiber. Yeah. And then the third one is all these little wild carrots. They're little white carrots. Mm -hmm. There's millions of them in my garden. Like I have to pull them up as a weed. Interesting. You wonder how all of that stuff gets, I mean, is it just blown in or ravens like Elijah coming in and just oh, there. for you? <laughs> is that what it is? That's yeah. my takeout meal. <laughs> well, all of mine is seeds from my compost. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we put all sorts of. We didn't have the time to. We didn't have the time to let it completely that. bake. And so um, all of the vegetables from the last year that I've been throwing in my compost, I now have growing. But, um, but a lot of my seeds that I bought new this year haven't come up. Yeah. Um, and I've been hearing from several people online and seeing some YouTubers who are also talking about their new seeds that they had that they bought for this year's season, they're not coming up. I have my neighbors who are like, I planted all these things. They're not coming up. What did I do wrong? And um, I think that's all part of this famine that we're about to go into is even the people who are trying to plant their gardens, their gardens are they're not going to be the way they anticipate. And so then you have all the people who are like, oh, well, I can just, I have these emergency seeds here. I'll just plant a garden when things get bad. <laughs> you know, okay. if they haven't stored something and, and really prepared and learned the skills and everything like that, those of us who have a few years of gardening under our belt are having issues, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, so, but it's all calculated to help us rely on the Lord, right? It <laughs> is. I'm letting all my stuff go to seed this year. Um, like my cilantro, I just had, I have three, big, they grow up really tall. Mm -hmm. And so I let those go to seed. I let a big celery go to seed. And then I'm letting some of my onions go to seed. I don't want to have to grow those. Have you seen how small those seeds are? I have some onions that are blooming right now. I have onions and scallions that are both blooming and going to seed. Mm -hmm. Those and strawberries, the little seeds on strawberries, those are microscopic. Yeah. But um, it has been so hot here. I don't know where you guys are, but it has been so incredibly hot. It was 132 degrees in my greenhouse. With the doors open, the fan on, and the vents running, or, or the vents open. Um, let's see. It has been over 100 degrees outside the last three days. And it's been in the 60s where I am. So my garden's not growing very well unless it's a cold crop. 
Yeah. My, my peas are doing well. My onions are doing well. My lettuce is doing well. But my tomatoes and my peppers, they're like, I don't, they're still like this tall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it was cold. Our, our high temperature today outside was 107 degrees. Well, see, I don't even, I don't even have air conditioning, but I, I do have one little conditioner, but I haven't had to even turn it on this year. Like my furnace was on two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not kidding. No. And, and we, we air condition our garage because that's where our food storage is. And today the high temperature in there was 71. So I went from, I, I, I dropped it 30 six degrees right because we just keep it cold we don't ever turn it off because if it starts if it warms up it's no going back um but it, it has we have had such the heat wave here in utah it's just hot it's dry it's killing things yeah yeah it's gonna be so, fun yeah. <laughs> what a great what a great um uh famine coming yeah well um so for <laughs> <laughs> next i just read Stacey's recipe <laughs> did you read her recipe her what? sweet pudding drink out of beans oh, oh. no <laughs> so my dominicans made a sweet pudding drink for easter out of pureed beans it's great until your tummy realizes you just drank a cup of beans <laughs> Sorry, that's why I was loud. Yams, milk, cinnamon, cloves, etc. So, it, are you adding the yams, milk, and all that to the beans, or is this a different <laughs> recipe? You're suggesting that for food storage. Habituelas uh, con dulces. It was their Easter drink. My companion had this thing. She's like, "Let's see how many houses we can go to to see if they'll offer it to us." Yeah. <laughs> All sweet beans are not created equal. And you know how many cups of beans your tummy can actually handle? Oh, it's about a half a cup, and then you're done. Then you like blow up. <laughs> but it is possible to make beans sweet and eat them for breakfast or eat them other ways. Um, if you had dried bananas, you could add them to the beans, add some sugar, um, vanilla, canela, uh, canela is caramel. Uh, no, cinnamon. Cinnamon is canela. Um, and then cloves <laughs> and all spices. So they just added that. They did it for Easter. And I don't have any idea why drinking beans for Easter was a good thing. But <laughs> yeah. you have beans in your there. food storage, Stacy? What's that? You have beans in your food storage now? We do, but I have <laughs> a hard time cooking them. And I don't, they don't turn out very well for me. Maybe it's because <laughs> I load them a little bit. Yeah. Might be loathing. Yeah. Sorry. Stacey, how long ago were you in the Dominican? I was there in 2000 to 2002. Okay. My so son I was there. My over son served there from 17 to 19. Of 2020, 20, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is he, is he in beans? I don't remember him saying anything about beans. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was he ate rice and beans a lot. He did eat rice and beans a lot, but I you know, 
I heard more about the mango tree out back of his place where he could just yeah. go and pick the mangoes off and ah, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about with the weather and people's seeds not growing. Um, do you know how they seed the clouds for snow on the ski uh, ski resorts? Mm -hmm. There's a guy called Man in America and a couple others they're talking about how they're seeding the clouds to cause all of the weather that's happening for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And so if you can imagine that they are working, um, they're actively working on destroying everything they can on every level that they can. Yeah. One person really can't know it all unless we're trusting the Holy Ghost, unless we're mm -hmm. counting on the Holy Ghost to lead us and pray over our gardens and speak love to them and mm -hmm. and know that God can do more than anyone else. Um, but yeah, <laughs> learn whatever the recipes are about learning with beans, about making them less gassy. I, I really recommend that. How do you make them less gassy? I think you can put baking soda in it when they're softening, like in, or okay. you can put there's different ways. I know there are, but oh man. I've I tried them all. They're always gassy. I can't even tell you how smelly the Dominicans were when I got there. And I'm like, why do these people smell so bad? Well, it might have been a bath issue and a like, you know, taking care of themselves issue. It might be that they just ate beans <laughs> all of the time. <laughs> Diversify, diversify. I think we just gave you PTSD. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I've had it for a while. Do you see this twitch? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm good. Which also is a reason why I absolutely know if I'm cooking beans over a fire in a Dutch oven, my family's going to starve. And so I'm really, really hopeful that God has something else in mind for me because I just can't go back to that. <laughs> Been there, done that. Being there, done that. Yeah. I have been there. Knee slap. Um. So for next week, just to describe what's the difference between week four and week 13. So week four is the outcomes of the School of the Prophets, meaning what were their expectations going into School of the Prophets and did they meet those expectations versus week 13, which is the conclusion of like the aftermath, what became of the School of the Prophets, uh, sorry, Lectures on Faith. Week 13 is more about why was the lectures on faith decanonized and pulled out of the Doctrine and Covenants, etc. So just kind of distinguishing between those two weeks. Next week is, is about that they were wanting their second comforters and did they achieve them kind of a thing. So I've got like Zebedee Coltrane's short testimony, but also look in the comments below because I've added quite a few other little articles um, and things coming from that. Um, there's a two-hour uh, series uh, with Anthony Sweat on the Follow Him podcast with Hank Smith and John, by the way. That it's a really good listen um, if you have those two hours to, to spare to kind of look at some of those expectations that they were headed into with and 
um, how many of the members were able to to achieve that coming out of there. Okay. Anyway, we will do it. Questions, comments, anything before we head out for the night? <laughs> I'm gonna pray for my computer. We'll get it taken in somewhere and try to get it fixed up. I don't know. It's getting annoying, especially with the Sunday groups where they're back to back. Like my computer just doesn't have time to like rest in between or something. I don't know. Group B always gets shafted. Sorry. Did you guys, I was gone for a little bit. Did you guys talk about, I'm sorry about your computer, by the way. Um, <clears throat> Todd talking about in the law of consecration video about the DNC, the main doctrine is um, lectures on faith. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about that, but yeah. You have or you haven't? You didn't? We, you didn't. we have not talked about it. We talked okay. a little bit about that talk in the, or that uh, YouTube in the last one, but we didn't talk about that. Okay. I wish he had talked about it more, but he didn't, so. Yeah, and we'll, I mean, it covers that extensively in week 13 with that uh, article that I, I've put in there for the homework, but. Um, okay, great. Where doctrine and covenants, the doctrine is lectures on faith and the covenants is what we currently have uh, left over. So like the doctrine was kind of taken out and and we'll discuss all of the ins and outs of that process and and the ramifications of it, et cetera. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you might get some love-hate relationships with some of those early church members that, that took it out. Um, but yeah, week 13, that one's gonna be a fun one. Okay. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, have a excellent week studying and, and learning and growing. If you find any other good recipes and things, put them in the, the links there and or in the discussion there on, on Learning Zion or on the Facebook or, or wherever. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll see y'all later. Thank you. Thank you. Comments on the for education. Get signed up for it. <laughs> Yeah, it's another thing I'll be doing this week. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the booklet, the schedule's coming out this week, so hopefully. Oh, good. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> buy my ticket. Yep. But I have a little bit of time. Yeah. We'll see y'all later. All right. Bye. If I leave, does it end it? I think I'm the host. I assume so. So I think I have to leave to end it. All right. See you guys. See ya. <laughs>